0: on the web.com podcast. Last week, we had the long-awaited conversation with Dirty Dave, and I told you all at the end of the episode that we would be going out of order, and that I would be here with the leader of the Insulin Pens, Timothy Papoose Bertram, today. But that is not what happened, because as you so often do... Dan, you stole his thunder once again, and we are here to talk about the pirate crew this week.
1: Yes, this is actually because I don't know how to calendar, so uh, <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to be available this week, but I actually wasn't going to be available next week, so we're here now, and we're glad to be here.
0: I love it. I love it. I was trying to give you the energizer, but you know, calendars are hard, man. I get it. It's, it's tough business. But this will be a fun conversation because obviously we just closed the first decade of web. And that is significant for you and for your team for two reasons. Number one, WebEx, you, the pirate crew, were the best team in web's history, according to War Plus. And you were GM of the decade for web. So we have some 2022 stuff to cover. We have some first decade of web stuff to cover. And most importantly, I think, what lies ahead for the Pirate Crew. So let's jump right into it. I want to start with the best team ever. I want to start with that because it was the storyline of the 2022 regular season, watching you and Tim, the insulin pens battle for this war plus title. It was neck and neck. It seemed like we finished with a tie, and then on a stat change, you take it away from him by a hundredth of a decimal. I mean, you said last year when we talked to you here that you wanted to set records this year. So how did it feel to literally do that in WebEx?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up that that was my – uh, my moment at the end of the podcast, this podcast last year was the break hearts and set records. And like, I, I think that, I mean, having Tim around to help with that, we did just that. Like, it was awesome because I think I said I wanted to make you all want to quit. And I'm pretty sure that between me and Tim, we damn near almost did. Like, that first half of last season, uh, like, honestly, it was kind of boring because it was just, like, win by 40 points, win by 60 points. And then, like, Tim started coming on late, and honestly, that made last season, like, the regular season, a little bit more exciting, just because, like, half the time, it just felt like we were playing each other, even if we weren't actually playing each other. So, like, you know, I've, I've joked about that rivalry in the past, but it's it's definitely real, and it mean, I know it means something to both of us. So, to have that year together last year was was awesome uh it would have been you know great to cap that off with like a championship match off but uh i just gotta say uh if it wasn't gonna be me uh in the championship game again last year i'm also thrilled that tim lost in the first round as well so <laughs> congrats, I love tim. it
0: man when you can turn <laughs> fantasy football and specifically web into boring on a week-to-week basis you have successfully won life i think
1: Dude, like I was talking to Tim about a little bit about it last year. And honestly, like the first like eight or nine games, it just was <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because like no one else was trying to like do anything, and everything was just like stagnant, everything felt shut down. And then like I'm honestly Caleb winning this last year was one of the best things that could have happened for the health of Webb. Because like if it would have been just like me and Tim to the ship, like I think that, that we would have seen more more years like we saw this year where it's just like, oh man, we can't compete, keep it stagnant. And I just I think Caleb winning is just like the best thing that could happen for Webb because it just, you know, it's that Cinderella. All you, all you gotta do is get in. And I feel like we had that mentality in web for like the first seven or eight years. And then just like over the last couple of years with some of these great teams we've had, we've kind of gotten away from that. And I, I really, really hope that we see that that mental, mentality shift back to just got to get in, just got to get that five seed, you know, just got to compete. Like, I I want, it felt like this, yeah, this last year, it just felt like, ah, I guess I'll sort of take five seed if no one else is. And, you know, I just, I want that, I think I want that trade deadline back. I want that late season, that rush, that push, the, you know, teams that are that are in it to win it. Late just to claw into the playoffs because that just makes the whole season so much more exciting. And I just feel like we were lacking that last year.
0: Yeah, we definitely were. and I that's one thing where as we work our way through the behind the curtains this year, there isn't a lot of there aren't a lot of big trades to talk about because people just were afraid to make moves. You guys had really shut down the league. Nobody really wanted the five seed that badly because they didn't think there was a five seed run in WebEx. And and like you said, I think that run re-energized people. It showed people, hey, we can all it takes, man, is one spot in the web playoffs and, and you can do wonders with that. So I want to talk to you, though, about week 10, because that's the one if you can call it a black spot on this greatest season ever, that was the 13 and one. Uh, How much does that matter to you? Were you looking for the 14 and oh?
1: Not really. I I mean, yeah, it would been great, but like truly it's just like you like to see the team perform, you know? Yeah. You're invested in the individual players. Like as long as things are going well for my guys and like the team's performing, then I'm happy. The rest, like, much like the playoffs, like to an extent, it just comes down to luck. You know, Tim, Tim would have beaten me like nine times last year, you know, and yet he lost, you know, he lost me scoring 240 or whatever it was like, it's so much of this game as it still comes down to luck. And I, you know, I said for a lot of years, and I still believe that Getting to the playoffs is skill. Winning a championship is a lot of luck, and that kind of comes down to on a week-to-week basis too. Anyone can win any matchup. It just, you know, there's there's a luck factor to this game that you just can't ignore. So, 14 and 0, that's lucky. Like that just is. Like you look at that 14 and 0 Brock team. I think it's still like either the luckiest or second luckiest team of all time. <laughs> Right there with uh, Tim's three and and0 team from that one
0: year. Yeah, right. Or yeah, three that, and three and eleven, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that David Wilson Batman team won a uh, one whibber against the week low one week. So that goes to show how close it can be. But um, well, let's talk about the postseason because obviously, you know, you have this. Unbelievable season, greatest regular season in web history. You know, it was you know scared the living hell out of everybody. And by the time we got to the playoffs, it kind of felt like a de facto, like you were saying, it's going to be the pens and the pirate crew. And that's what we're going to see. And it's, you know, the big rivalry in WebEx. But we all know what happened. So how much did this one? hurt. I mean, you've had some unbelievable teams that haven't gotten the job done because it's really fucking hard to win a web title. But how, where does this one rank? Was this was this kind of the top?
1: No, like I, yeah, it hurts given the belt. If, it, if let me put it this way, if we hadn't the it last year, then this one would have hurt a lot. Like, I think. You know, you always want to keep it, But then, just, you know, again, shit happens. And, you know, we got the one last year. We can't be too greedy. And, like, you know, kind of, if it would have been, like, all season, like, my team was just, like, head and shoulders above the pack, then, like, it would have been a little bit more heartbreaking. But, like, kind of that late season, Tim, just absolute surge, you kind of start to, like, wrap your head around, all right, maybe we're, you know, team's fantastic But, like, there's a chance we don't win this. So I think I was mentally prepared to an extent. Or, sorry, not mentally. I was emotionally prepared Mm. to an extent to not, you know, retain the belt from that Tim surge. I just, I didn't think it was going to be Caleb. Uh, I thought it it was going to happen. I thought it was going to be Tim. Uh, And the other thing that just really, really helped emotionally was seeing Tim go through the exact same pain that I was. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Like, I I feel so bad about, because, like, my matchup with Caleb was decided, like, pretty early. Like, I'm pretty sure it was after, like, it was after, like, the noon games that it was, like, pretty clear Caleb was going to take down our matchup. And I just felt like such a fucking dick for how hard I was rooting for Dave against him <laughs> just to have, you know, someone in the same position to share that pain right. of like having this awesome season. And then, you know, kind of that re- the, the remake of that 2014 season where me and Frazier got, got bounced in the first round, but
0: exactly, exactly. Yeah. If it, You gotta both go down together. If one of you is going down, I get that. Um, well, I, I, I got some, you know, important, bigger questions here, but as long as we're on the subject of 2022 and Tim specifically, I got to ask you about this JK Dobbins trade, because this was me, this was a meme trade. And so I want you to be able to explain what you thought about it. Did you feel, did you agree with the league that thought you were kind of taking them to task on this deal?
1: Yeah, I mean it felt like well, okay, so this started because he literally tweeted something about like it's a great day to trade JK Dobbins. And I was like, Okay, Tim, trade me J.K. Dobbins. And as soon as I said that, he's like, Oh, I don't want to trade him. I'm like, Are you kidding me? Like you literally <laughs> just tweeted about trading him. Like, you're you're a great team now. Like you're still afraid to trade with me. And I kinda called him on, like, dude, like grow a pair. <laughs> and I don't know if that call out just kind of made him want to do it i mean i like he's got those seconds in there he's got the roster jk wasn't seeing the lineup like he's got i get the injury concerns like they're certainly there you know there was it was kind of a concerning track record but like i loved jk coming out loved him and to pick him up for a couple of late seconds like i'll i'll take that risk like i'm in i'm in on it for that risk um Could it work out for him? Yeah, it could be fine. JK could, you know, be in a time share. He he doesn't get a lot of receiving work. But um, yeah, I was I was glad to take the risk at that price, I guess.
0: And I lo- just you live so run free in the guy's head, man. It's all it takes is a little prod. I mean, hey, <laughs>
1: J.K.'s got a J.K.'s got a pan out, and then we yeah, can talk
0: about it. I get it. I mean, I'm
1: glad to have him because right now I'm banking on him for some youth at the running back position. Yeah. So, like, yep. you know, he looked good at the. I, I, let me take that back. He didn't. <sighs> It was simultaneously he looked fantastic and awful.
0: I get it. <laughs> at
1: the same time to finish last season, where yeah. it's like, on one hand, dude was performing, picking up yards, making people miss, picking up chunk gains, and then on the other hand, like looked like he was limping out there. Yeah. So like part of you's he like, hey, he gets all the way back. Like, this is nice. Right. Like, part of you's also like, what if this is just what he is? Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think we just gotta we gotta see this year because honestly I don't I don't know yeah like he, it's the weirdest thing because he performed last year and looked had big yards per carry numbers and stuff like that but it just didn't always look like he was the same guy so we'll we'll see we'll find out
0: we will see <laughs> so after the season ends Web Gala night you had a big night there you had to give up the belt but. Pat Mahomes, MVP. Did you expect that going into the night, and how did it feel?
1: Um. Yeah, I did expect it because I made the award. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> I did it.
0: not. <laughs> well, all right, not. everyone, we're signing off. It's been a good <laughs> Uh. When you texted me, you were like, "Man, I wish
1: I didn't have to share this with you because yeah. I really want this one to be a surprise." And like, it would have been awesome if it was a surprise. And yeah. I, when you texted me, I was genuinely surprised. Like, mm-hmm. I there were some wide receivers who had some fantastic seasons. There were some running backs who had some fantastic seasons. And usually, you see one of those guys win it. Like, I think this is our this is our first quarterback. Yeah, this is the first quarterback.
0: Yeah, first quarterback, officially. Uh,
1: and like. No, I I didn't expect it. I think it's just a little bit of a kind of those some of those other guys cannibalizing each other. Um kind of Pat being the face of, you know, this 13 and 1 like massive war season and I think people just kind of respected the season that the pirate crew and Pat had and just felt it was time. Like, in low key like it didn't even feel like a fantastic Mahomes season, but like it was literally the highest scoring quarterback season since his 2018 season. Yeah. like bigger than the Lamar year, bigger than the Josh Allen years and like it did not feel like that necessarily but it was
0: <laughs> like the super sneaky is normalized at this point yeah. it yeah. really is it's and like that's what Tim people were saying it, like but yeah. Tim was maybe like He's it's boring, boring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly yeah. it's the boring pick but it was the right pick so i got to ask you about gm of the decade I mean, everybody wants to know 10 years of web. I mean, we talked about this probably the last two years and especially the first year that we did this, like, how do you do it, man? Like, what is the secret sauce to the longevity that you've had? Is there a secret sauce or is this just, you know, kind of how the cards fell? You know, I think the
1: sauce is that I fucking love fantasy football, and <laughs> I'm consumed by it, and the sheer amount of content and opinions and things that I consume on a regular basis. And, you know, I mean, I probably can't hold a candle to you this year, but the time i put into, you know, scouting and watching these guys come in, uh, just the, sheer, the amount of football that I the amount of NFL football that I watch. Like, I feel like, you, I mean, I feel like I make my money, not even in rookie drafts, but you know, through, through trading. And honestly, I don't feel like I'm the most active trader. I just, I guess, try to pick my spots and build a value where I can. And like, I still lose my fair share of trades. Like, for example, I'm looking at Cortland Sutton on my roster right now, and I'm disgusted by what I gave up (laughs) for him. Like this, you know, this stuff. You know, you, you win some, you lose some. And I guess, like, I don't, I don't ever feel like I'm, like, ripping people off with trades. I guess you just, all you got to do is win more than you lose and find value where you can find it and production where you can find it. Um, I think my current teams, I've kind of always had the philosophy of I've always gotten out on guys, like, too early rather than too late. And I think my current team's going to really... Uh, put me to the test from the perspective that, like, I'm not trading some of these guys. Like, some of these guys are going to age out on my roster. I I think, <laughs> at least that's my current expectation, just because the production exceeds the value at this point. And um, I don't know. So this is this is going to be kind of my biggest test: is if I can sustain success kind of out of this era. Like, I fully intend to be, you know, up there again this year. Um, after that i think there's some question marks so uh we'll see if we'll see if we can sustain and i guess another thing i'll bring up is just not i don't have a philosophy like my philosophy is to be flexible and i think i talked about this this last year it's this league evolves and changes and if you're trying to do the same thing every year like I, you're leaving a lot of meat on the bone like you gotta you got to assess the you know the vibe of the league like what teams are looking to do and you got to think about that some some of that stuff you know sooner rather than later and you know i think you just got to evolve what you're doing and just be ready and willing to be flexible
0: yeah that's a great point i mean we we talk about it every year sort of like the trends of the league or how certain teams are approaching certain position groups or things like that and It seems like teams that are able to be mobile and lightweight and all of those things are the ones that are continually seeing success in the league. So I want to talk about what you just mentioned, though, the next era of this team, because right now the trendy way to describe the Pirate crew is that it's an aging roster. You're coming off of the best season ever which some might look at reasonably as a peak. And a lot of people are wondering, where do you go from here? So from your shoes, coming out of this season, looking ahead, obviously you still have a roster that can compete in 2023, but have you shifted your mentality or have you begun to think about how – to drive this thing into the next two to three years i mean
1: yeah i guess right now i view yes we peaked let's just get that out of the way this this (laughs) roster has I, i think i think this roster's peaked things went right for a lot of players on this team last year i think we can get close to that again next year like i don't see any reason why that can't be the case um but like there's certainly some, you know, concern like this this is the first time I've gone into an off season and like the you know, the cut and trade rumors that were just swirling around my roster, like, you know, is there's you know, it was like, oh Derrick Henry's on the block, oh Nick Chubb's on the block, oh Joe Mixon shot a kid or <laughs> pointed a gun at a lady, or is gonna get cut, or you know, just like all of this crap and I was It's all fine. None of them have been traded. No, no, no one got cut. So we kind of survived that. Free agency was actually, I would say, kind of kind to my team. Like, for example, like a guy like Eric Kendricks gets cut. You're kind of like, ah, crap, that sucks. Good IDP players, you know, getting cut by a team. You know, he's starting with the Chargers. He's probably going to do the same thing. And he opens up a spot for a young guy like Brian Asamo who I got on, uh, my taxi squad and now i'm starting to feel pretty good about for next year so like the team i have no worries for next year and i guess beyond that like i'm just gonna do what i said i'm gonna try to be flexible i like i like this draft i like a lot of the guys in it i would like to get into this class but if the price ain't right i'm not gonna um i'm willing to hold guys i'm willing to trade guys. like, I kind of told myself at the start of the offseason I want to move one of my three older running backs Henry Chubb Mixon well love, you know Henry feels like he has to be a lifer I like the Nick Chubb talent more than Mixon but I sure as hell ain't I, I would move Mixon right now I'd love to move Mixon right now but right now what am I going to get for him so it's like that's a player you just hold on to and see what happens in season Kind of hoping the league, you know, heads in that direction of guys wanting to get that five seed and maybe we move some of these guys at the deadline. Maybe we maybe we don't. Like I guess I'm just I'm in wait and see mode. I'm willing to make moves. Like I'm you could convince me to trade a lot of guys on my roster. You can convince me to trade pretty much anyone but Mahomes or Matt Calf. Like I would be all ears. Um, to try to get a little younger, but if the price ain't there, I'm also content to just roll into this season with this roster. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to be, I want to be a top two seed again. Like that's the plan. Uh, I feel like I have the depth to move some things around, um, to do that and maybe still get a little bit younger. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just, we're looking to be flexible
0: well all right draft picks this team does not currently hold a draft selection until the fourth round in 2024 you just mentioned that you maybe would explore getting into this 2023 class so first of all I want to hear from you because we were chatting before we started today that you kind of started to dive into twenty twenty three the the rookie class. So any any notes so far? Anybody catching your eye? Any certain draft crushes that are already emerging? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah.
1: I mean, I you get your guys, and you know, it's just. You always have your guys. Last year, your guy was Drake London. I fucking loved Drake London last year, but it's kind of like that whole opportunity cost of can you afford to fall in love? Yep. Right? Like, Sure, I could fall in love with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo. Let's throw a name out there, right? Be like, man, I got to have this guy. I don't know how the fuck I'm getting them (laughs) right now. And honestly, to me, that is the biggest issue with my roster. It's not the age. It's the lack of liquidity in the roster. Like, and that's what, that's what picks do for you. Like cash is king and picks are cash and dynasty. Yep. So like right now, if I wanted to make a move like that, you know, get up to three, four or five, I don't even know if I could, because I mean, I could, but what am I going to do to my roster to make that happen? Right. Because the guys that I have right now, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to go offer Stefan Diggs for three? Does that even get it done? Probably not because the person that's in that position isn't looking to pick up a player like Stefan Diggs. So it's just like, okay, so what else do I offer? Uh, Stephon Diggs in a first? Well, that just feels dumb. (laughs) Like, I'm in the position where I almost have to make that kind of offer that you can't refuse, but that ultimately is going to be harmful to my team. So, like, that's my that's this roster's biggest issue is the lack of. A uh, little bit of a lack of flexibility. I have some depth. I have players that I can move. But, like, right now, I honestly don't know if it's going to happen pre-draft. It, I, I think my flexibility might come in season when some of these players start to have value to teams that want to get into that five seed or teams that are looking to go on a playoff run. So, honestly, right now, I I would love to get into this draft. I like this draft. Um, or I might just wait. Two years and give Tim two late seconds for whoever he takes in the first. Yeah. Um like we'll see. But um, but yeah, that's the most concerning thing about my roster right now is a little bit of a lack of flexibility.
0: So that actually goes into the second part of my question, and you kind of answered it already, but maybe it's not three, you know, maybe it's not Jackson, but how important to you is it right now to just pick up some draft capital because of how bare you are? I mean, is that a priority for you? Even if it's not, you know, this year, but just kind of recuperating that draft cupboard and getting some of that liquidity back. Like you mentioned.
1: Um, man, I mean, like it's, again, it's both being flexible. Like you can pick up youth in a lot of ways. Like I look at, some of the youth, like, I don't have any young superstars, but, like, I look at it, I got guys like Greg Dulcich, you know, who we got for, picked up on the cheap last year. Uh, uh, James Houston out of Detroit, you know, eight-sack guy in, like, six games. Uh, Quinn Williams. Um, J.K. Dobbins. Khalil Herbert kind of looks like he might have a, you know, a starting gig this year. Um, Eric Kendricks making room for a guy like Asamoah. Like, I guess just, like, I think you can find ways to build youth without being like, man, I got to go get a first round pick because with the way firsts are treated in web, I just don't know that that's like the best opportunity cost to bring youth into your roster. Like, that there's a high cost to go get a first round pick if you're treating that as the only path to make your roster younger. So, I guess, you know, I'd be more prone to to try to make this roster younger. I'd be more prone to move that 25 first or, you know, how post-draft in-season move that 26 first once that's in the cards. You know, like, I, I think I'm at the point where, like, I'm not opposed to moving assets like that for, you know, younger players that I like. Um, I think I'm past the point where I can afford to move those assets for older players that I like. So I think that there are a lot of ways to make a roster younger, not just by selling out in a particular draft class. Um, that said, if the opportunity arises, I like this draft class. So I guess we're just looking to keep it flexible.
0: And we just saw a contender kind of make a move like that. Shipping a 2025 first, shifting it a little bit closer to the now, but not for a player but for some additional draft capital. So that's always yeah. in the cards as well, potentially.
1: Yeah. And we were chatting about that, that poker the other day. Like, not everyone was a fan of that move. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought Dave was betting on himself. I'm open to him. I'd be open to a move like that. I'm, I'm willing to bet on myself.
0: All right. So I talked to you about this. Well, I talked to a lot of teams about this on Behind the Curtain, but I kind of tend to give a caveat when I ask you because you, I know you think about these things very critically, and that is the state of the league. So you mentioned you are, you know, all systems go. We got no reason to worry, as you shouldn't, about 2023 and the Pirate crew. But as we all know from talking through this series and just talking amongst ourselves, the league is undergoing some significant changes in both conferences right now. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on 2023? We don't even have to look ahead. You know, I don't need to ask you what's the next decade look like. What are we going to see in 2023 that people might not expect?
1: I mean, I think what's been talked about is kind of – at least i let me i hope what's been talked about is the right track or i hope we do start to see that middle of the league kind of come back um it's also one of those things that makes me feel not as bad about my aging roster is that i think that there will be some value to be had for some of these guys uh maybe later in the season towards that trade deadline um when teams are making to look that push and I, I really hope teams do make look to make that push this year. And this is why I go back to that, that Caleb thing. Caleb winning is so good for the league. And I hope the league really embraces that. Um, and I think they will. Like, I just, I'd love to see, you know, we get into four or five, six games in and you got a bunch of four and two, three and three teams. And instead of these three and three er, teams going, ah, shoot, not my year. I want those three and three teams to go, hey, how do I get better? And I'm, I'm really, I hope we see it. And I really do like uh, our, you know, your Collins, your Fraziers, your Rileys. Like these are teams that have some really good bones to their roster. I'll call it the bones thing, right? The, the rosters have the bones. They got their young guys, and they have these these picks, these assets. And I think, and I hope that we see teams like that make this push you know, for that four seed, that five seed, uh, to try to get in that playoff position as we see some of these other teams get older or, uh, you know, like Dave, me, Tim, you know. Th- they're Like, they're, there are spots in the playoffs to be had and there are rings to be won. And you can, w- contrary to popular belief, you can win one every year. Like, there's always <laughs> a chance. Yeah. And I guess, you know, we've been in this last couple of years of, like, so many teams just, like, dipping early. And like, I get it. Cause sometimes it's what you got to do for the, you know, long-term health of your roster. But I think we got some teams this year that can afford to make some win now moves and still maintain that long-term health of their roster. You know, I'm not talking about a team like you where like, you kind of dipped out last year because like you're, it was time, right. You're in a position where you had to, but we got teams this year that have the young guys have the draft capital who can afford to compete now while maintaining a healthy a healthy roster and a healthy you know future so i'm really hoping that we do see that this year and i think we will because like damn it people <laughs> like to win like winning's fun guys you should like try it do it but hey man let's make it happen
0: well the uh well the top of the league you and dave and tim eventually and that well that was all building up to a point there was also something happening underneath which was four teams accumulating all the capital so eventually you build the army you got to send them out to battle so yeah. maybe we see and that happen it's time
1: like the only team next year that shouldn't try to send it as parker because like like, holy (laughs) shit is that roster gross the rest like there's no one else in this league that has no hope of competing next year like everyone's got a chance
0: well for the pirate crew real simple 2023 what is your prediction
1: prediction uh we're gonna go Like again i think the the parody in the league is gonna be a little bit better I do not think it's going to be a boring season. Um, We're going to go eleven and three, and a big five title. So that's the prediction: eleven and three, two seed, playoffs, and see you know see what happens in the playoffs. See
0: what happens. Not going to jinx it. I get it. We're not breaking
1: records. We're not breaking records. Yeah.
0: We peaked, we did the damn thing, we broke the records. Now it's time to just be normal, amazing, fearsome Dan Pirate Crew again. Um, Alright, well this was obviously you know an amazing conversation as always. It's always a pleasure to pick your brain, not only about this juggernaut that you have assembled, but also about some bigger issues going on in the league. But I gotta turn it over to you, man. You have the microphone. You can say whatever you'd like at this point of the program to me, the league, and the world.
1: I'll uh, us start off by saying this league's fantastic, right? Like, uh, you know, honor, truly an honor to win GM of the decade because, you know, put you 11 other guys in any other league and, you know, all 11 of you have a chance at that award, right? Like, this is a truly a league of, like, I feel like this league's so far ahead of the curve. Like, you can't even consume. It's hard to consume dynasty content because, like, I just feel like we all are. I don't want to say above it, but like, sometimes it feels that way. Like, I just—it's a great group of guys. That, to get another one of these is going to be another GM of the decade. Like, I got my freaking work cut out for me, and I'm gonna try. We're gonna try, but I got my work cut out for me. Uh, but I guess the one thing that I really want to say. Is I want to call out the league. And. I want you. To come win guys. Like. It, it's now. The future's now people. Like I want that middle of the league back. I want this to be. I feel like we had those years of just everyone. Like the whole league just itching and crawling. And dragging themselves forward. To try to get. You know those, those last playoff spots. Like we got five playoff spots now people. It's easy. It's easier to get in. there's more spots available like all you gotta do is get in like come make it happen i want to see the most competitive the most active the most just everyone wanting it this year because it's there for the take and caleb showed us that so i guess that's that's my call out to the league that's the one thing i want to say is like come get the like i don't have to give away anymore but like come get the belt right like go get it uh it's your year And I'm talking to all of you, except for Parker.
0: Get (sighs) fired the F up, everybody. That is the word from the man himself, Mr. Two-Time Web Champ, Mr. Best Season Ever, and Mr. GM of the Decade. That is Dan of the Pirate Crew. Dan, pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you for joining the program. Pleasure being here. Next week... You won't have to wait any longer. Insulin pens will be here. Tim has expressed that he is not emotionally prepared to face the reality of WebEx, which will make it all the more sweeter. To The more sweeter. There it is. That's a, that's a good one. Nice job. More sweeter uh, when we get him on the program. Maybe there will be some tears. I don't know. I hope so. But... Until that point, let's make it a great week.